Oh my so, God. <laughs> that's my journey to pregnancy. <laughs> like, it's, it I mean, was, that is such a miracle. I, I love that. I mean, you must have just felt so amazing when you found out that. Hi guys, I'm your host, Megan Van Diepender, and this is the Empowerhood Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You know, motherhood is hard, and we are going to talk about all of the hard things that just are not talked about enough. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. So here we go today. Hi, Britt. How are you? Hi, Megan. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, so everyone out there listening today, we have Brittany Dietz here from Brit Dietz Fitness, and we're going to talk today a little bit about nutrition and fitness, you know, leading up to a healthy pregnancy and during pregnancy. So Britt has an incredible story to tell, you know, leading up to her first pregnancy, which she's about to have her first baby. Um, but Brittany, I'm going to let you tell your story, but why don't you first tell us a little bit about you? Who is Brittany? Sure. So... My name is Britt Dietz and I am 36 years old. As Megan mentioned, I am expecting my first baby and I'm 36 weeks now. I don't know if it's a girl or a boy. We're keeping the gender a surprise, so it'll be a big surprise and reveal once the baby's here and in my arms. Um, I have a fitness business, as Megan mentioned, and I've been in the fitness industry for over a decade now. I started teaching spin classes in studio. And for the last three and a half years, I've had my own business. It's a virtual platform. So I'm teaching, I'm live streaming daily classes, both indoor cycling or spin, um, strength classes, flexibility and mobility classes. So my members can join me for the live classes. And it's very much like an in-person experience because I can see them, they can see me, we're engaging with each other, we're interacting, we're communicating. So it's a really fun and supportive community. In addition to my live stream classes, we have an on-demand video library. So my on-demand video library has like over 500 recordings. And honestly, I think I do have a, like a solid number of people who join me for live classes all the time, but I think a, a larger portion of my business is really like recording based. And it's mm -hmm. so nice because they can do these workouts whenever it's most convenient for them on their own time, on their own schedule. I work out usually at like 530 in the morning. I know that time is not for everybody. So, <laughs> um, so that is a huge part of my life. Um, I've been married for eight years to my husband and best friend. His name's Justin. Um, and then in addition to our business, which he helps me, he helps me run all the technical stuff. Like I am, you know, in front of the camera leading the classes, but he does all the sound and the audio and all the behind the scenes stuff. So I can really just focus on the workouts and the classes. Mm -hmm. But I also am an educator. I have been teaching middle school for 14 years. Wow. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. You are a bit, you're a busy girl for sure. That's awesome. I love that your husband does that for you too. Cause my husband does the audio and tech stuff for the podcast and you know, without him, I don't know if I would be able to, to, to get it done. Um, or even know what to do really. So it's great to have yeah. that partner for sure. It sure is. It's definitely like, it's added like just another layer to our marriage and our relationship. And it's fun to have something 
like our business to like work towards together and and both be a part of it. It's not just mine, it's it's ours. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's so great. So Britt, tell us a little bit about your first pregnancy and you know, your journey to this um healthy pregnancy. Sure. So um as I mentioned, my husband and I, we've been married for eight years and it's only our first baby now, um, which I know at 36 years old, I am considered like textbook, like advanced maternal age, even though I don't feel old. Right? <laughs> um, so we obviously waited to have kids. A big part of that was because my husband has a very complicated health history and he struggles with chronic issues, autoimmune disorders. So I think when we first got married, let me back up. When we were dating, these health issues, they were kind of like in the background, but didn't really impact his day-to-day life. When we got married, I think we wanted to wait a little bit to have children. We never anticipated waiting this long, but we actually had both been living at home with our parents' house at our parents before we got married. And we just wanted to like give ourselves some time to like settle in and get to know each other as a married couple living together on our own, all that. Yeah. But also Justin's health issues kind of like really came to the surface and we were dealing with a lot. Um, he had to undergo all sorts of medical treatments that really like were pretty debilitating to him. They, mm-hmm. the, um, the reactions he would have to like the treatments mm-hmm. would just leave him like in bed some days. He felt like, he felt like he was 90 years old in like a 20 something year old body. So it was really hard for me to watch. And I think it was hard to like navigate that in our early years of marriage. Mm. But I think it, you know, it's made us stronger and we learned even more about each other. So we knew at that time kids were not in the cards. Um, In about 2021, we thought his health was maybe like in a better place and we would be better able to actually take care of an infant and go through that. So at that time, um, we stopped using contraceptives and we're like, let's give it a year to see if we conceive and we'll see what happens. And we didn't. Um, I w- at that time, I, during that year, I wasn't really like tracking my fertility or ovulation. It was kind of like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. So um, I went on a walk last summer and went with one of my girlfriends who's a nurse practitioner at an OBGYN. We were just chatting about everything. And she's like, you know what, Britt, why don't you just think about like freezing embryos? And then, you know, you'll have them. Cause I kind of anticipated, like I wanted to have a bigger family. And I thought I, I am kind of like, I had that sense of like, I'm running out of time type thing. So she was like, freeze some embryos. You can still try to get pregnant naturally if you want, but then you have those as kind of like an, an insurance policy and mm-hmm. backup and all that. So a few months later in October, 2022, um, I started undergoing IVF treatments and that whole experience was actually started out incredible. I felt like we were doing something so good for our family. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was taking such good care of my body. I felt like Justin was so on board, like helping me and going to every doctor's appointment. And he would be the one to give me my shots every day and help me keep track of what side the shots were going on. And he was incredible. 
Um, so I just, I felt like in such a good place, the egg retrieval went great. I had 19 eggs retrieved, which was really more than I was expecting or hoping. Yeah, that's a lot. That's great. Yeah. Um, that was the news that I like woke up to after the procedure and was okay. like elated, cloud nine. Um, a few days later, I found out that only 12 of the eggs were good enough quality to be injected with sperm. And I was like, okay, still pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, only six of those had actually made it and um, successfully fertilized. Okay. So we were going to send those six to get um, genetically tested. And three of the six had degenerated, like, during the testing process. And then, um, so we had three left. <laughs> Two of those three came back abnormal and they would be like, um, they wouldn't be successful pregnancies if implanted, they would be miscarried. And so we were left with one embryo that actually has some genetic abnormalities. It could develop into a perfectly healthy embryo in a good pregnancy, okay. or it might not. So those are obviously very disappointing results, crushing. I was devastated. Um, mm. In a crazy turn of events, um, about three weeks after undergoing all the IVF and the egg retrieval and everything, we ended up conceiving naturally. Oh so, <laughs> that's my journey to pregnancy. <laughs> like, it's, it I mean, was, that is such a miracle. I, I love that. I mean, you must have just felt so amazing when you found out that. Did you feel like a little frustrated that you went through all of that and then got pregnant naturally? Or like, what were your feelings? Oh my gosh. I... I, I was elated. I was overjoyed. I really felt like it happened for a reason. I have a whole new appreciation for the miracle of life. I mean, we've, we hear that expression all the time, the miracle of life. I don't think I like really had an understanding or appreciation of what a miracle it is mm -hmm. until going through and experiencing all that. So, um, yeah. it was insane, but like, ugh. We're thrilled. We're so happy. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's incredible. And it really, I feel like it's just like, it's your path, right? It's meant to happen like that. And um, I mean, now you get to speak about it and help other women, you know, going through the same thing. Um, now, when you were going through the IVF, like, what did you do differently for your fitness and nutrition? Did you change things to help support, you know, reproductive health? Or what were the things that you went through? So, um I lead a pretty healthy lifestyle as it is. Um, I actually continued with my same workout routine and workout schedule. I really don't even think I modified any of my workouts while I was undergoing the IVF. Mm -hmm. And that was all with, um, you know, my, my doctors and team at the fertility clinic. They, they supported that. They were like, you're good. You're healthy. Keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So from a workout standpoint, that stayed the same. Um, like I mentioned, I'm pretty like mindful and nutritious when it comes to the foods I'm putting in my body. So that stayed the same, but I do like to treat myself from time to time. So I definitely didn't really like hold back from occasional treats or whatever. Um, drink plenty of water like usual. I, 
really prioritized rest too. Like if I felt like coming home from work and laying on the couch or taking a nap, I honored that and did that. Um, I incorporated more meditation during my IVF. So I was doing meditation. I was also like doing affirmations Mm -hmm. um, specific to the IVF experience and egg retrieval. Um, The biggest change I would say is that I I just gave up alcohol completely during the time that I was doing IVF. Not that I drank a lot, but socially on the weekends, I would like have some wine or something. But I just was, you know, they didn't say that I couldn't, but Mm. I just thought it would be in my best interest because we know alcohol doesn't benefit your body in any way. (laughs) Right, right. And it does affect your sleep and whatnot too. So, I mean, I'm sure you got better recovery because of that. That's great. Um, Did the doctors give you advice on that stuff or did you have to ask or like, did you feel supported when you were going through all that? You know, I, I actually think I had to ask those questions and Mm -hmm. see, you know, they didn't necessarily give me guidance or like rules to follow for lifestyle and routine. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I asked those questions, but I felt like supported and encouraged from what they had to offer after asking. That's great. Um, Now, leading up to your pregnancy, um, I mean, through the IVF, did you feel like yourself? Did you feel different or what, how did you feel through it? Like what people felt? I'm sure everybody's journey is different. Everybody's body's different, just like with pregnancy, every pregnancy, every baby's different. But for me, um, when I was undergoing IVF, I still felt really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I was expecting to like really, I don't know, like blow up or feel lethargic or not fit in my clothes. And that I didn't really find to be the case until maybe like the very end. We did shots for two weeks. And I would say at the end of the two weeks, maybe like some bloating, but Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing major. So I got to say, from my experience, if someone is going to undergo IVF, like, don't be scared. It wasn't so bad. You know, the shots, I was a little nervous about that at first, but the needles were so tiny, um, could barely feel them. Sometimes, like, overall, I was pretty, like, relaxed when my husband would do the shot. Sometimes it's just got to be quick, because if you're standing there waiting for the shot and you're thinking about it and you get in your head... You know, I'd be like, oh, oh, stop, don't do that. And then I'd be laughing. And like, yeah. But yeah, just quick, get it over with. And it, it really doesn't hurt. And okay. I didn't even really have any pain or bruising from oh, the way great. we did our shots was we like alternated sides, right side, left side. And um, it, it, it wasn't bad for me. Good. Now, what advice can you give to moms out there that, you know, are either experiencing like having difficulty getting pregnant um, or about to go through IVF or, you know, in this journey right now, what would you recommend, you know, nutrition and fitness wise? Um, Nutrition and fitness wise, I would say do everything you can to set yourself up for success. That means getting plenty of sleep. I know sleep is something that most adults probably aren't getting enough of because life is crazy. We're working. Maybe we're working multiple jobs. We're eating dinner late. We're on our phones. There's all sorts of distractions that maybe take us away from getting to bed at like a a good time or a reasonable time for our life. Mm 
But I would say it has to be a priority, like set an alarm on your phone to like begin your bedtime routine if that's what it takes and maybe put down your device like an hour before you're going to go to sleep. Um, So rest is huge. Plenty of hydration, plenty of water. Um, I, I always fitness has been such a big part of my life and it's something I enjoy. Um, but I think like getting yourself physically fit and starting to like build strength, build your cardiovascular, um, or at least maintain the level you have to, Mm -hmm. to give your body like the best opportunity it can to conceive and then carry a healthy baby. Um, I mean, because it will really make it easier through the process, right? You're saying, so if you, if you do get yourself healthy, or at least start to work towards optimal health, it's going to help you through this process and keep you healthier and stronger, you know, while trying to create a human being. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, I hadn't done this at first, but then I started like, once we really started to seriously try to get pregnant, um, I have this aura ring, which I love and it's a health tracker. I don't really use it to like count calories or like track my workouts. I I don't work out to burn calories. I work out because it makes me feel good mentally, Mm -hmm. physically, emotionally. The thing I love about this aura ring is it's a sleep tracker. Mm -hmm. So it tells me like how many, how much deep sleep I get each night, how much REM sleep I get. Um, it tracks your body temperature, which that comes into play a bit when you're trying trying to get pregnant. Yeah. And, um, this aura ring, the app actually synced up with another app that I purchased. What is the name of the app? (laughs) Um, natural cycles. And so aura ring synced with natural cycles, which helped me track like when I was getting close to ovulating, it basically said like, you know, what was the terminology? I can't remember, but it told me like when my peak yep. ovulation fertility yep, basal temp. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome to have so, that and not have to like manually take your temperature every morning. Cause I'm, that's what I did. You know, when I was trying to get pregnant, I had to like put the thermometer in my mouth, you know, every morning. Um, and it worked, it, it did, but it's nice to not even have to think about that. And to, you know, I love sleep tracking. Obviously, you know, I'm a sleep consultant, but to know like what quality sleep you're actually getting over just being like, well, I went to bed at nine and I woke up at five. So that's good. You know, to, to understand what is actually going on in your body when you're sleeping, to know that your body's repairing and your brain is recovering and stuff. It's, it's huge, huge for sure. Yeah. It's amazing. It's intriguing. I'm a little scared to see what my sleep tracker is going to say when I do have an yeah. infant that I, I don't think it's going to be very happy yeah. with me. I mean, you might want to take it off for the first two months. <laughs> We're going to talk about they... newborn sleep, though. I'll help you out for yes. sure. Yes. <laughs> you already know a sleep consultant, so you're already way ahead of the game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. For sure. So, I mean, now you're pregnant, um, you're still running your business, and you're teaching. What is going on in your head? Like, what's going on with your nutrition, your fitness? How did you feel in the beginning? Um, gosh, it's been a busy time, but I actually think maybe that's a good thing because it's kind of helped me like just kind of keep continuing on with the lifestyle that I had, you know, um, I, my schedule has not changed much since getting pregnant. I've thankfully, I've been able to keep up with 
my same like workout schedule, which mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for because I know sometimes pregnancy can impact, you know, obviously how you feel. So you might not feel like working out, but even sometimes with higher risk pregnancies, you might be told to kind of like back off the exercises. So that's all been the same. Um, I have felt pretty good um, early on in the, the first trimester. I had some nausea. Morning sickness wasn't like a huge issue for me. I only got sick a couple times. So it really wasn't, it didn't impact my life. But I just remember like feeling serious fatigue in the first trimester. So I would teach my classes at like 5.30, 6 a.m. in the morning. I would go to work as a teacher all day. And then I would come home and (laughs) I'd want to eat dinner at like five o'clock so I could be, you know, getting ready for bed by seven, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely like I was taking more naps. I was spending more time like lounging on the couch and resting and then getting to bed early. Like my husband's reactions in the first trimester when I was like, okay, I'm going to bed. He's like, it's like not even eight o'clock yet. (laughs) (laughs) I go to bed at eight every night. So no judgment over here. But no, I mean, I remember that tired. It's like, it's insane. Like I remember my husband being like, you're just a shell of yourself, you know? Um, I did not work out much, you know, that first trimester, but I feel like there's always time for you to make up for that because you, I mean, you're growing a human and you really do need to just listen to your body if you're feeling Mm -hmm. sick or tired. What have been some of your favorite workouts while you're pregnant? Because I know you said you haven't really changed too much. What are your favorite things to do, you know, as your belly has been growing? Yeah. So, um, I am definitely doing all my favorite workouts and that includes spinning. I love, love, love spinning. Um, I used to be a dancer as a kid and in college and I love tying in the connection of like movement and music. So I think Mm -hmm. spin like gives me that feeling that dance used to. Mm -hmm. Um, So spinning, obviously you're on a saddle, which isn't the most comfortable to most people. Yeah. Of course, like once you've been spinning for a while, you get used to it. But there's things you can do to make the bike a little more comfortable to accommodate the growing belly. You know, you can lift the handlebars up. Um, I find it most comfortable to spend a lot of my time out of the saddle. So I do a lot of riding like in a standing position. So love, love, love spin. And I've had so many clients, members, and friends who I've seen continue spinning for nine months of their pregnancy, literally until the day that they deliver. So even before I got pregnant, that was always like my inspiration and motivation. I'm like, I've had so many friends do it. Like I know I can too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love spinning. I love walking. I can't emphasize enough how good walking is for everybody. So especially during pregnancy, but all stages of life, we can benefit from walking. Mm -hmm. And then, I love my strength workouts. Um, some changes I've made to those are just like, they're still high intensity workouts, but they're lower impact. So like the first thing I omitted were burpees and box jumps and crunches and sit-ups right. and all that. Um, I could have really done them early on, but I just mm-hmm. didn't want to. I was like, I'm going to do everything to protect this baby and... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see the, I didn't see a reason or a need to be doing burpees and box jumps, you know? Right. I mean, um, jumping might feel yeah. a little weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I guess people run, you know, while they're pregnant right. too. So I mean, it's just maybe what's comfortable for you. Exactly. Um, 
And what else? I'm doing a lot more movements at an incline. So typically I would do push-ups from the floor or I would do, you know, planks or renegade rows with my hands on the floor. But now like I do them at an incline on a bench or a box and that's been a huge game changer. I always say the bench has been like my best friend in workouts. Even some upper body movements where maybe I would have used to stand or kneel, I'll I'll do them seated. So, um, what else? Oh, I've always known flexibility and mobility are important. Mm -hmm. I've always known that. I just never really prioritized it because I much rather get on the bike and spin or lift heavy weights because that's what I love. But since becoming pregnant, I have dedicated more specific time to really working on stretching, flexibility, mobility. That's awesome. I feel like that's going to really benefit you like when you go into labor as well Um, and after too, just for recovery and whatnot. Um, Now I know you, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and now that I've made like a conscious effort of really dedicating weekly time for that, it's not going to change. Like once this baby comes out, I'm going to continue because I know that's huge for as we grow older too. So absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a game changer for sure. Just in like everyday life, just to be able to, you know, move freely without the aches and pains that, you know, you supposedly are supposed to get, you know, as you get older. Um, so that's nice to work on. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to ask you, so as a fitness instructor and, you know, being conscious of nutrition and whatnot, like, I feel like our society kind of portrays being pregnant as being like, miserable and, um, you know, sacrificing your body and that type of stuff. Like, how have you, have you felt like that? Or do you feel like you're just like in the groove and like, love it? Yeah, I don't, I'm obviously not speaking for all women. This is just my one experience with my one pregnancy, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's been, it's been really good. You know, I've heard people, you're right. There is like this, negativity about like being pregnant and feeling horrible. And yes, a lot of people probably definitely do feel that, but it doesn't, it's not always like that for everybody. So I don't think anyone should go into pregnancy scared or worried that they're going to feel that way because you just never know. Mm -hmm. And I do think like through and through in all areas and aspects of my life, mindset is so huge and so powerful. And Sometimes like we've heard of like the self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think like I really have been working on mindset and having like positive visualizations and positive um, Mm -hmm. thoughts and affirmations when I was going through IVF, when I was trying to get pregnant and now, now during my pregnancy and for birth too, I've been working a lot on that. So I think sometimes it's like, we got to be careful about, who we surround ourselves with Mm -hmm. and what we fill our head with. Oh Um, yeah. 100%. And I think it's like, we get stuck in what like the world says it's supposed to be instead of just, you know, dictating how we want it to be and making that choice. And again, like your mindset, like put into your mind how you want it to be, you know what I mean? It, It is your choice eventually. I mean, you can't control nausea and like stuff like that, but you can control how you take care of yourself, you know, throughout your pregnancy. Um, and I think, your especially your journey goes to show that you know by taking care of your body and you know giving it what it needs instead of just like kind of going off the rails and like 
I'm done. You know, with life, I'm pregnant. I'm exhausted. I'm a mess, which I mean, you can feel like that during pregnancy. And I completely understand that. That was me like the first 14 weeks. Um, But being able to take care of yourself and give it what it needs and what the baby needs, right? Like you're setting yourself up for success when you go into labor and when you have this child. Yep. And I have my days too. Like I'm human. I'm not, oh you my know, God. we totally are. have my days. But yeah, I just, even like the pregnancy books I was reading, it's just so amazing to compare the different styles of writing and writers and attitudes. Like mm-hmm. I read some books that were like, very like snarky and like cynical and negative towards pregnancy. And I know probably a lot of women and some things I could relate to a lot of women, like, you know, it's probably funny to, and it, it's kind of funny, but I didn't enjoy reading that stuff when I was Mm. pregnant or during my pregnancy. (laughs) I much rather prefer to read, like focus on the positive, focus on the calming, relaxing. Like this is the most natural thing that our body could do. It's not like a medical issue. It's, Right. It's natural, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, as a parent and you're becoming a parent, you know, through this, there's so much information out there, right? And I think you have to just take it as it comes and take it as a grain of salt, too, because it's like, again, you have the choice to dictate what your life is going to be as a mom, right? You can't always dictate your circumstances, but you can um, decide how you want to act during those circumstances and how you want it to be. So, I mean, like you said, you read some books you love, others you're kind of like, oh, this isn't really me. But I think that's the good thing about all this information out there. You can always find things that you can take in and learn from, or even just like certain parts of the book maybe were helpful. Um, Or maybe it's not your style at all, but that's the cool thing about our world right now. There's like so much information at our (laughs) fingertips. Sometimes that can be like bad. You know, when you go on Google and you're just like in a dark hole, um, that can be bad, but... (laughs) It's nice to have this information though. Cause I mean, I know like my mom, you know, is back in like the eighties and they're, you're just like kind of going with the flow, riding by the seat of your pants. So I, I do feel blessed that we have all that yep. now to go off of, even if it's not something that you agree with, it's kind of cool to see different point of views. And I mean, I love having different moms on the podcast to see, you know, what they've been through, what they've done, just to see like different perspectives, right? And like what worked for someone um, and what might not work for someone else. So, but I, I mean, obviously as a health coach, I believe, you know, the better you take care of yourself, you know, before pregnancy, during pregnancy is going to help you postpartum recovery as well. Um, Because it's, you don't even really know like what you're getting yourself into with that. And then you have to take care of a little one as well. So if you can prep yourself, I did not do this profession when I had my daughter seven, almost eight years ago. Um, And I wish I did a lot of things differently. And I think my postpartum recovery would have been different um, if I did. So I think it's great what you're putting out there and telling your story. I also like, I noticed that you um, have worked with a PT for pelvic floor and you go to a chiropractor too. Like, do you really think that's benefited you so far? Yeah, um, I really do. I I started working with the pelvic floor PT shortly before getting pregnant and have continued working with her a couple times a month throughout this pregnancy. Um, She's amazing. She's just a wealth of knowledge and an amazing resource. When we first started working together, the focus was really on like making the connection between your breath and your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So she was teaching me, um, basically like strategies and technique for breathing. 
Um, as time progressed, we started working more on like learning how to relax the pelvic floor mm -hmm. and She's given me exercises and stretches to do to kind of prep for birth, prep the pelvis. Um, I think it's going to help me in my postpartum recovery. Oh my God, 100%. And, <laughs> it's like my first recommendation <laughs> for postpartum and like find a PT. And if you find it before you have the baby, you know, even, even better. Yeah. And it's just, it's actually really funny. She's pregnant too, my pelvic floor oh, really? PT. Oh, that's so fun. And so we've just been able to like talk so openly and freely and it's her second pregnancy. So, okay. you know, she's got all this professional knowledge, but also just like personal knowledge and experience. Yeah. And so I can ask her all my questions and I don't have to feel like weird or shy or uncomfortable. And she's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, I'm so happy for you with that because again, like that would be my num that's my number one advice to all my clients, you know, like you should find, you know, a pelvic floor PT because it's going to really help you with the childbirth and with your recovery. Um, yeah, that's yeah, huge. Even just like she's taught me like techniques for like massage to help prevent tearing. Like mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. I would not have known no. how to do that or what to do or anything. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's just, it's not really talked about enough, um, by like our OBs and stuff or midwives or whoever you're using. Um, so, I mean, I, I do have a PT coming on in a couple of weeks, um, to do a podcast, just talking about the importance of that, because I just love spreading awareness about that because I think it's such a game changer, um, while you're having a baby and with your recovery. Um, because again, like normalizing things in this world, People are like, oh, I leak after having a baby. And it's like, all right, that's actually not normal. And it took me a really long time to figure that out. So if it can help, you know, someone else that, you know, yeah. mine was the trampoline, you know, probably TMI. But like every time I jumped on a trampoline with my daughter, I'd be like, all right, I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Um, I've so. had plenty of friends like that too at the gym, you know, anytime we're doing like some kind of like jumping jacks, star jacks, they're like, oh, I'm peeing, I'm peeing. Exactly. But and it's like so common that it's become normal, but it actually doesn't have to be that way. Right. And um, there's not enough public floor PTs out there. No. Even I had an appointment yesterday and she's like, there's not a lot of us around. No. And I think I it's think getting more common. It's getting like more popular to to do that per profession or specialize in it. Because um, I think it's just, it's so important. And I even said like, if my midwife even just had a card, you know, it was just like, here, just call them, you know, or just yeah. something simple. Because I know, like, doctors don't have the time to talk us through all of this stuff, you know, postpartum. But even just, like, send us send us the right direction. And, you know, because I wouldn't – I had no idea. I didn't even, like, know – I mean, I know about a pelvic floor, but I didn't really know how to repair it, you know, after yeah. going through childbirth. It's definitely not something that was ever recommended to me. It's just something I sought out on my own. Yeah. partially like out of not I don't want to say fear but I was like this seems like a lot of trauma down there like what can I do to be proactive and prevent yeah. more damage that needs to happen yeah. So, yeah yeah I mean obviously like you said we're meant to do this right we are meant to have children so it can repair I just think bringing awareness to it and helping it out like you said just like helping your body be healthy through pregnancy it's like the same thing I'm just gonna help my pelvic floor Wow. get ahead of the game so I can repair a little bit quicker after yeah. and get back to the things that you love to do, you know, like jump on a trampoline or star jumps or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That type of stuff. So that's really cool. Um, so 
Oh, I don't ahead. know if I was going to say too, I just wanted to comment quick and I don't know if you had asked about it specifically, but I started seeing a prenatal chiropractor. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, doing that, you want to make sure that they're Webster certified. So you want to make sure that they have mm -hmm. that specific certification. Um, that has been amazing just because, well, what she does is she actually specializes and I didn't need this cause my baby is head down, but she okay. specializes in like turning breech babies. Mm -hmm. So that's something really great for women to know if their baby is Absolutely. not in that position. But what she does for me is, um, kind of like aligns my hips and makes sure like my pelvis isn't like twisted or turned and she'll like align the vertebrae in my spine and even like let go of tension in you know my neck and yeah. shoulders. So what we're our goal is to try to like make a nice uh what would we call it pathway for the baby. <laughs> I was gonna say exit way, but yeah pathway is better. <laughs> exit <Okay>. way. <laughs> Um, and I know after I deliver, she's going to be able to help me. She said to come back maybe like four weeks or so, but also what's really cool is she treats babies. Mm -hmm. So I can bring my newborn to her to like, make sure that their little legs and everything mm -hmm. look good. I had no idea. We were talking yesterday during my appointment. She said, um, well, obviously what they do on the babies is so light. It's like very light mm -hmm. pressure. She said they're like, little tomatoes, you know, but through some of what she does, it can actually help the baby's immune system and even prevent like ear infections and stuff. So I was yeah, just isn't like, that crazy? Oh, yeah, like, I, there was a chiropractor that came in um, after I had my daughter and he did like an adjustment to her head for her to be able to nurse better. And I mean, the baby didn't like it. He was very gentle. Don't get me wrong. But you know, like oh, yeah. it's, it's a newborn one day old baby and she was like screaming. I remember hating it, but she did nurse well eventually. So I don't know like what he did, but I was always amazed. I'm like, I didn't even realize there was such thing as like a baby chiropractor. Actually, um, yeah. You, that reminds me, my chiro did mention that yesterday yeah. too, if we're having trouble with feeding. Yeah. It was something baby. about the jaw. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what he did, but yeah. So it's something to ask your chiropractor about though. But yeah, if you're planning on nursing, they could probably check that. And, um, yeah, I and don't one know. Of I mean, I... One of my girlfriends who recommended this Cairo, she's been doing this since she was pregnant. Now her kids are like five and seven years old and she still brings them in periodically. Oh, really? yeah. They were born to now. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it is. It's it's so nice to have these people and resources like right at your fingertips too and to know about them. I wish I could go back and do that, but I ended up okay. I just feel like I recovered. My recovery was longer and, you know, certain things it took me way longer to even figure out than it would if I had these resources that we're putting out there today, you know, so this is so helpful. And I, I really hope women take this advice and, you know, find someone that can help them and support them through it yeah. because it's just like I said their recovery is just going to be so much better for you um oh yeah than not having those things for sure and I know too like every insurance is different but my chiropractor is actually covered by insurance so it's just a copay which is so nice yeah that's, that's huge. not the case with my pelvic floor PT I know there are some pelvic floor PTs out there who may take your insurance mm -hmm. but um I just wanted to put that out there too. Yeah. But the pelvic floor PT, it is covered with my um, 
flex spending so I can be reimbursed for that. So okay, putting it out there. So yeah, that I mean, that's good. Because I mean, at least you can check and see if it can be covered. And if not, I mean, you could always look around and see if you could find another one that does. Um, I mean, I think I probably would have spent anything at the time to <laughs> you make, make pregnancy a little easier um, and definitely the recovery. Yep. All right, Britt. So where do you see, you know, your business going in the future as as you add this new hat, you know, to your life as a mom? Um, are, you're still going to continue teaching. You're going to still continue your business. You're adding motherhood in there. What's Where do you see yourself in five to ten years from now? Yeah, that's all the plan. I feel very busy now, so I can't imagine how it's going to be adding, you know, mom to mm-hmm. my, my job titles. But I see myself still doing what I love, teaching the fitness classes and the workouts that I absolutely love doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, like it's so important for my health, but it brings me joy and it's fun. And I know I'm bringing joy to other people's lives and also improving their fitness and their well-being. So it's very rewarding. I love all that. Um, I see myself hoping to continue growing and expanding my business. And having my kids, kids, maybe there's a few, I don't know, (laughs) years, but I hope that they'll be um, either like trying to work out alongside of me or at least nearby, kind of like watching and playing. Because I think it's so huge to set that example and to be the role model for our little ones so that they grow up seeing like hey, it's important to take care of ourselves. I see mommy and daddy working out and I see them, you know, trying to be fit and healthy and strong. Mm -hmm. And so that they grow up with that mindset and then try and adapt that lifestyle too. Yeah, Um, absolutely. That's always my number one priority for sure. Yeah, I see, I, I mean, I see myself teaching. Like I do love teaching. I I really do. I love my students. I teach sixth grade and I just adore that age level. And, um, I love it. But also like now that I'm pregnant, I'm thinking about things that I never once thought of in one of them. It's probably a topic for another day, but like my husband and I are at this point where we're like considering homeschooling. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't really know exactly what the future holds or what exactly is going to happen. We can't predict the future, but yeah, I it's definitely- fun to think of those ideas though. Right. And yeah. you're like, it's very unknown for you right now too, when you're about to go into child labor, it's just like, you have so, so much fun stuff ahead of yeah. you for sure. Yeah. And <laughs> you will figure it out. I know you will. Thank you. And I mean, coming from someone that owns a business and is a mom, I mean, it's definitely doable. It's busy. You have to figure out your priorities and whatnot, but it's, it's totally doable. And it's so cool for your kids to watch you, you know, do that stuff as well. Yeah. Pursue our passions. Yeah, and absolutely. I think I'll definitely be like leaning on support of family and friends or oh, community. Yeah. Right? We have, um, my husband and I are fortunate that both of our parents live like in our town. They're only a few minutes away. So I'm not going to be afraid to ask for help if I need it. Yep. No, that is an episode coming up and I'm glad that you're good at that already. (laughs) I work on that every day (laughs) because it is hard to ask for help. But yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, Britt, where can we find you? Where's the best place to find you on the internet? On the internet, you can find me at BrittDeetsFitness.com and that's my website. 
Um, it's actually linked to my Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at BritDeets.fitness. And also on my website, there is a link to Facebook, which would take you to my um, private Facebook group page. Mm -hmm. And so that is a community of members, but also even there's tons of non-members of my fitness community who are just part of the group. And I think it's a great place um, where you can find, you know, encouragement and motivation. Like maybe you want to get started working out, but you're kind of like lacking the drive or motivation. I think like being a part of that Facebook group would be a really good place to start just to mm -hmm. kind of like see what other people are doing and see how it's making them feel. And those would, I think those would be the best places, BritDeetsFitness.com, Facebook, and Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. So I will link all of those below. And okay. thank you so much for being here. I seriously think this content and all of these resources are just huge. And I hope it helps so many moms out there, um, whether they're going through IVF or pregnant or postpartum. Um, so definitely check out Britt on her fitness website. Um, and it's like a no excuses, right? You have all these virtual programs right there. You can do them yep. at home with your baby. You can do them yep. while you're pregnant. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. I'm very thankful for you having me. Thank you. <laughs> you know what else I want to just mention last thing is very soon, I'm going to be launching a prenatal fitness program. Awesome. So if you do find yourself pregnant and you want to work out and you want to do it in a healthy, safe way, um, definitely check out the the prenatal programs. Great. I was going to ask you if you were going to do that. I figured. I mean, I know yeah. your your programs are prenatal friendly, but if someone is just starting to work out, maybe they would be a little bit more comfortable with Yep. That's awesome. Well, I'm so excited yeah. for you. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. I will talk to you soon, Britt. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Empowerhood is brought to you by Flourish Everyday Coaching. Check them out in the link below. And again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. If you could take 60 seconds of your time and leave us an Apple review, this helps share the news about this podcast and help women all over the world. If you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the next episode.